King Culture presents a plan for longevity, a health and wellness initiative for men. Why health? Why now? At King Culture, we are equipping men to become selfless leaders. And part of selfless leadership is developing a strategy that ensures not only your well-being, but the well-being of those you're responsible for. I'm Dominique Perviance, and on today's episode, we're talking about mental health. I feel like something happened in my mind that I did not expect. There was stuff that was that I didn't know was there just started coming out. Anger, rage, frustration, and even suicidal thoughts. In this episode, I'm sitting down with licensed therapist Osai Harvey to discuss the stigma men experience around getting the help we need and when we need it. We rather shy away from really being vulnerable, transparent, and open and not getting that help that we need uh, because we don't want to be deemed as, as weak. We also tackle how to know when we need help and who is best equipped to give us the help that we need. That's what therapy is. That's what see, seeing a counselor is. It's, it's processing what you're going through, not necessarily trying to solve all your problems, not necessarily prescribing, but just, I'm here. Stay tuned. The King Culture Podcast starts now. So I want to welcome you to King Culture Podcast. This is a special podcast series we're calling uh, the Plan for Longevity. And in this podcast series, we're going to be talking about uh, health and and wellness for, for men. And so in this first this first episode, we're going to be talking about mental health. I have my good friend, Mr. Osai Harvey with me. And um, if you would just give a, a basic, if you do just a basic introduction, who you are, uh, what you do, and how you got into the field of uh, mental health. Yeah. First of all, thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure to be here um, just to talk about the importance of mental wellness. Um, it's really important to me, obviously. I mean, it's something that I think that I've been called to do. Um, I grew up in Sacramento, California. Um, came to Atlanta in 98, pursued a BA psychology at Morehouse College. At that point, I went ahead and got my master's degree um, in professional counseling. And uh, fast forward a little bit, uh, picked up my licensure in professional counseling in 2013. And um, it's always been something that I've been passionate about, you know, talking to people, listening to people, giving advice, even when I was a, a young lad, you know, that's always been a part of my nature. And um, always felt that making sure that you're in a good mental space is going to allow things, every aspect of your life, um, to be in in a place of of health as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just like when you're doing a mental wellness. Um, no, I'm sorry, not a mental wellness, but a medical wellness check. Um, annually, you have to make sure that things are in place. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with mental wellness. Yeah. Uh, if the mind is not in a good space, then everything else is going to be rocky. Right. Um, so can you explain just the basic difference between what uh, what a psychiatrist is and what a therapist is and, and what they do? And how do I know if I'm having some mental health issues, who do I need to talk to? Good question. And I get that question a lot, as a matter of fact. Um, so the difference, let's say, between a psychologist and a psychiatrist, 
Uh, a tip, typically, a psychologist is one that receives a doctorate in psychology. Um, they're able to do psychological evaluations. They also do therapy. Um, and they have multiple options um, just within the mental health field uh, in terms of how they can service their, their, their community. With a psychiatrist, however, a psychiatrist actually goes through medical school and they're basically given the, the permission to be able to administer medication, whether it be psychotropic medication, medication for those that may have depression, anxiety, uh, they're the ones that are uh, able to uh, write a script, you know, for those, for, for medication. So um, they are totally diff two different professions, yeah. uh, but of course still fall under the mental health umbrella. And I think, um, in a case where you have someone that actually needs uh, mental health professionalism, we're gonna probably start first with an individual that can service you know, through therapy or you know, through a psychologist before you actually see a psychiatrist. Okay. Uh, because first you have to kind of identify what the basic issues are. And then at that point, if there is a need, if it's so chronic that there's a need uh, for that individual to take medication, then they, at that point they would see a psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah. And but a therapist is just the basic someone that is um, that you're you're similar to like a counselor. Correct. More more certified and can can do a diagnosis and offer offer certain treatments. That's right. That's right. right. Can you can you talk a little bit about the stigma mm -hmm. that um, is associated with mental health? There are a lot of a lot of men in particular mm -hmm. are you know you know. We're, we're trained that as men, you're supposed to be strong, you're supposed to be mentally strong. And, and there's always this, this stigma attached to, you know, going to seek help, mm -hmm. particularly where mental health is concerned. Mm -hmm. So you, can you talk a little bit about that and how uh, men should address mental health and the stigmas mm -hmm. associated with it? Well, be, because we want to be seen as strong, uh, we're never going to pursue what deems to be or perceived to be as weak, mm. right? And so if there is um, any particular issues that we as men go through, we typically bite the bullet, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we, we face it, we deal with it, um, and we just plow through it yeah. without giving ourselves an opportunity to process and really identify what's going on. Yeah. Let's peel back the onion a little bit and, and see what's causing some of the issues that we're experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't want to be seen in that light. Yeah. And so that's why it's it's such a stigma. Um, we rather shy away from really being vulnerable, transparent, and open, um, and, and not getting that help that we need uh, because we don't want to be deemed as, as weak. And that's unfortunately been kind of the narrative yeah. specifically with men. As I kind of get the the feeling that it's it's changing a little bit. Absolutely, it seems I agree. like it. Just that there are a lot of people in in the public really talk about mental health, That's and right. the stigma is a little waning. That's right, uh, somewhat. Yeah, which which I am definitely yeah. happy about. Yeah, um, and and hopefully, I mean, even with you know the the recent um, social unrest and yeah. you know everything that's been going on, um, it has put a light upon the importance of mental wellness. Uh, but things are still a little turbulent. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a process where we're, we're taking it step by step. But um, to your point, I think it is kind of uncovering, you know, that unfortunate stigma of 
you know, we don't need to no. keep this into um, a priority or keep this into a high consideration in terms of making sure that our mental well-being um, is 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 taken care of. Yeah. So let's let's back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You had, you talk a lot about having a you know everyone has a baseline, a rhythm of how they operate in mm -hmm. life, and and how they deal with stress. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit what about what that is and how do you know if there is um, a a mental health concern that you have mm -hmm. that you need to go seek professional help? Sure. So I think a baseline is identified by number one, knowing yourself, and then number two, your community knowing you. Yeah. If you ever get to the point where you look in the mirror and things are just not quite the same, yeah. the person that you used to, to be in terms of maybe, you know, your baseline could be someone that's always sociable, yeah. um, that connects with people, that's very engaging, the life of the party, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, that takes a drastic turn mm. and you look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, something is different. Yeah. That's sign number one. And then sign number two is for someone in your community, close friend, family member, to recognize you as not being the same dominant and yeah. saying, okay, I see that something's different. You okay? Everything yeah. okay? Everything good? Um, I think that's the second sign. Yeah. And at that point, I think it really, you would have to come to the decision of, okay, do I need to seek professional help? Is it because I just feel sad and maybe I just need to process or talk through, talk this out? Or is it leading to almost a chronic yeah. situation, uh, you know, to, to where I'm now dysfunctional? Yeah. And I think at that point, maybe we need to have that conversation about seeking professional help. So your, your baseline is just, um, if I'm hearing you, is... How, who you are, your natural personality. Mm -hmm. Like if you're you're extrovert, you're right. introvert. Right. Um, it also includes how you manage stress. Like if you, some people exercise, some mm -hmm. people meditate, or however you deal with right. any kind of stress. And if that's off, if you're not yourself anymore, if you're not interested in the things that you typically are interested in, or if somebody else in your community recognizes that there's something different in you, mm -hmm. then that's sort of a, an early warning sign that there might be a, a, a health issue. Right. Um, can you talk about um, the importance? Because for, for me, I'm, I'm a natural introverted guy. Like I'm Likewise. Not, <laughs> I, I, I don't um, I don't share my emotions that much. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm good with not having a, a, a big community of people around mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, but the way the way you describe this, if um, if you are someone that kind of sticks to yourself, you know, how do you, um, what is the danger of not having someone, uh, you know, a community of people mm -hmm. around you that can recognize mm -hmm. when there's something different and how mm -hmm. do you manage that? Yeah. Well, and I think in most cases, if you, if knowing yourself, you know, if you're not doing the, the things that you're accustomed to doing, uh, that something is off. Um, you at that point would know, all right, I need to make some adjustments here. Um, it is difficult, however, when you don't have a community yeah. um, that will be able to identify that something is off and that can at least initiate, hey, we yeah. need to take some steps in the direction of getting getting some help. Um, we, 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 we also uh, recognize this in individuals that we're close to that may have, you know, some medical issues, yeah. right? 
if we see that things are off or they're moving a little, so they're lethargic, um, then we're going to address that yeah. you know, with them. Um, but for an individual that are you know, typically you know, by themselves, you know, that sort of thing, um, some of the telltale signs can be even just the, the physical, you know, what am I seeing in my outward appearance that is not what I'm accustomed to seeing on a day-to-day -day basis. If I'm not taking care of myself, grooming, if I'm yeah. not brushing my teeth, getting up, yeah. you know, and getting breakfast, if I'm in the bed all the time, yeah. you know, some of these patterns um, can definitely raise an antenna. And at that point, you would have to tell yourself, I need yeah. to seek some help. Absolutely. What are what are some of the, the cultural norms that make it make it challenging for for men in particular to deal with mental health issues? We were chatting a little bit earlier about, you know, a lot of guys anger is sort of how they handle That's everything right. when they're stressed, when they're tired, when they're hungry. That's right. It's like That's right. and so and you had an interesting perspective on 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 anger mm -hmm. and sort of what what it may indicate for men mm -hmm. and how um, how our cultural norms around how men mm -hmm. are supposed to react to things can right. actually get in the way right. of you dealing with your mental health issues right. the way you should. Yeah, yeah. Typically, men exhibit their depression through anger. In a lot of cases, um, when there is a crisis, when there's something that they don't necessarily agree with because of the, the, the narrative that we can't express ourselves um, in a way that's sad yeah. or tearful. Yeah. You know, we're told to suck it up, yeah. keep it to yourself, yeah. um, deal with it, sweep it under the rug. And oftentimes all of that pressure is being built. It's like a volcano, it's being built up to now where it becomes and it's manifested in the form of anger, but really it is depression yeah, yeah um and unfortunately you know we see the ramifications of that yeah. um when someone is not able to exercise self-control in that situation where it's like you know the the point of no return yeah. or the straw that breaks the camel's back you know there may be that small incident that all of a sudden that young man is going to erupt because there's so much that has been unaddressed yeah so much that's been compacted to the point where it's that one thing that's going to send them over the edge and there's unfortunately consequences that come along with that. Yes, I think it's important because, you know, as particularly in our community, you have a lot of young men that that are just angry and they express their anger mm -hmm. in, in sometimes unfortunately violent ways, um, either in relationships or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it becomes a, a problem that now have to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. But if we could, if we had a way of know understanding that this is a mental health issue early right and understand that anger is a way that you're dealing with depression you know we can prevent it from being bottled, bottled up and then right. exploding that's in, right uh, in, in bad situations that's right yeah um and that, a, yeah, well, I, was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say and, and and that's why um it's important from individuals like myself um with my color with my my gender to come to the forefront and say hey this is real. Yeah. You know, this is uh, something that we can't ignore. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we have ignored it for a very long time yeah. um, because simply we haven't figured out what all of this means. Yeah. Um, this mental wellness and mental, he mental health is not 
something that um, is taken as seriously as, you know, um, our medical health yeah. or something that we, you know, consider um, we place high value in our lives. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that's just kind of in the radar. Yeah. Um, so for as African-American males, when they can see that there's another male talking yeah. about the importance of mental wellness and being transparent, being vulnerable, um, then they can say, okay, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense for me to have a platform, whether it be through a therapist or a psychiatrist, but to have that platform to express some of these things that have been going on that I haven't addressed, then I think that's important. Um, so I, 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 make, I make an effort you know, yeah, to get yeah. out there and to, and to really make sure that young men of color understand that this is, is significant. Yeah, it's important. Mm -hmm. um, so when, can you talk a little bit about when guys come to see you, mm -hmm. um, obviously you don't just deal with men, you deal with just people in general, but yeah. when, a, when a patient comes to see you, mm -hmm. um, wh what can they expect? Mm -hmm. How do you diagnose them and what kind of treatment are, yeah. are uh, what someone get from a, from a therapist? Yeah. Well, from, from their lens, they come in with the expectation of, I don't know what I'm getting into. This, this yeah. is new. I'm yeah. scared. I'm afraid. Um, I've never been in a position where I have this opportunity to be fully transparent about what's really going on in my life. And they get to a point where they discover it's not just what the surface thing is. It's not just the surface thing. It's a lot of things that have been swept under the rug, as I mentioned before, um, that has led to this point where they become dysfunctional. Um, from my end, as a therapist, uh, we do what is, an, a, what is called an initial intake. And I basically ask questions, get some background, uh, figure out you know, if there is a crisis, if there's been any trauma, um, what individuals are actually uh, tied into you know, the current crisis, um, dig a little deeper in terms of, you know, history, uh, relationships, you know, with, with parents and family and that, that sort of thing. Uh, so we get all of that information during the initial intake. Um, and at that point, we provide the opportunity or I provide the opportunity uh, to process, you know, let's, let's dig deep, let's conceptualize what all of this means. Let's connect the dots. Uh, because when we're able to connect the dots, then we can define what all of this means. And then at that point, we can take the steps into wellness, right? Okay. What that looks like and how do we counteract, you know, some of those things that have become so, so dense and toxic and be able to live a life of wellness. So that's kind of the process initially, you know, with, with yeah. that first session. Yeah. And, and a treatment, once you diagnose someone mm -hmm. and, and do the initial assessment, mm -hmm. then you develop sort of a, a treatment regimen for them. And that means figuring out how they how they cope with stress and anxiety right and helping them find some healthy ways to do that can That's you talk right. a little bit about that yeah yeah so um one of the models that i use is called cognitive behavioral therapy uh dialectical behavior therapy as well cbt and dbt um so as i mentioned before you know my job is to really identify what it is that's causing this individual to be in the state that they're in now um, once we really dig deep and begin to process and identify the triggers, then we go into a, a mode of, all right, let's figure out what these things, these things that have been controlled or controlling your life, how do we then find some coping mechanisms, stress reduction techniques 
to counter, you know, um, these things that have, have been so debilitating right. in your life. And then, you know, of course, we, as we, you know, if we meet on a weekly basis, we review, we rehearse, uh, we want to develop uh, a sense of a habit and consistency, uh, identifying what the discipline looks like, uh, because life still happens, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so there's going to be moments where they're kind of blindsided um, and they want to get off track, uh, but we got to make sure that we s stick to the core regimen and keep things going to then, after a while, we start to see that they develop a healthy rhythm mm -hmm. and, um, and, and they're able to do a lot of these things on their, on their own without me having to kind of hold their hand mm -hmm. through the process. Um, so that's typically what, what that would look like. Yeah. Now, when you deal with, with men, what are, mm -hmm. what are some of the, the, the typical issues that you're seeing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I have to tell my men to be 100% transparent and vulnerable. Let's be honest, Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I think there's, again, even when you're in therapy, there's still a reluctancy, yeah. right? We are, we, we are not, we're, it's very rare for us to be in a position uh, to be given the opportunity to be fully transparent. And so um, let's say two or three weeks into our, our, uh, our therapy sessions, you know, they still may have that apprehension. Yeah. And I always have to kind of drive like, hey, this is your moment, this is your haven. Be as open and as transparent as possible so I can identify what it is that are the anchors and help you to come out of that. Yeah. Uh, but that's the toughest part for a lot of men is just um, showing that that emotional yeah. side, that weak side, yeah. right? Um, and setting that aside and saying, you know what? This is safe enough for me to make the steps that I need to take to become a better me. Yeah, and so when you're, when you're looking for a therapist, that's important to make sure you have someone who you feel that's right. Confident and comfortable enough that you can be transparent. There has to be a connection yeah. of some sort. Um, I'm not going to to sit down and have a conversation with with a stranger who I feel may not have my best interest at heart yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so in looking for a therapist or a psychologist, um, those are the things that you want to to identify. You know, um, and to be comfortable in knowing that this individual may have. Um, some things that I can see that look like me yeah. or that represent me and um, and that I can actually sit down with this person and not have any apprehension about what's going on in my life. Um, if it does get to that point where it's just like, ah, that's not a good fit, just like, you know, a medical doctor, yeah. you can find I'll another find one. Else. That's yeah. right. That's right. Right. So, so can you talk a little bit about how um, to manage mental health issues in relationships? Um, in particular, I mean, there are a lot of, um, a lot of, sometimes, unfortunately, we all wish we had beautiful relationships with our significant <laughs> others, but sometimes there is tension. Sure. And the, the, in those relationships, they, you know, the tension is always amped up mm -hmm. um, because these are the people that are closest to you. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. can you talk about um, issues that you see in that area and what advice do you have with guys managing relational tension? Yeah, I, I think... Uh, for men, the fear of expressing their vulnerability and in their expressing their vulnerability that the byproduct is going to be rejection. Yeah. Um, if I tell her about my past relationships or if I tell her about 
some of the issues that I've had, even with my mother, my relationship with my mother and, and conceptualizing what all that means. Um, is that going to be held against me? You know, am I going to have kind of this thing hanging over my head mm. um, that she's going to use against me, you know, in the event that we may have another disagreement, whatever. Um, I think sometimes the, 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 there's that, that tension of not wanting to be in that space of such vulnerability that, I guess I mentioned before, a lot of men just hold it mm. in and suppress it uh, and keep it to themselves, which then unfortunately manifests yeah. into the, the volcano, right? Mm. Um, and I think even, even sometimes um, a lot of men have the perception that maybe she won't understand. Um, and if she doesn't understand, she's, she doesn't know how to yeah. support me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so they rather just kind of keep it keep to it themselves. In. Yeah. yeah. Um, which then becomes very toxic, mm -hmm. as, as you know. Uh, it can affect not only the relationship, but if there are children involved, it can trickle down to, you know, toxicity within the family. Um, and so I, you know, of course, you know, my thing is as a mental health therapist, um, I think it is important if you're in that situation uh, where you want to express some of these, these things, there are marital and um, couples counselors yeah. um, that does provide a third party uh, to be able to provide that space to do that. Yeah. If you're not comfortable talking about it, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, um, it is important to take advantage of those types of services as well. Right. So the last question, sure. um, if you're giving advice to men just mm -hmm. on a, uh, they, they feel relatively health, healthy. Mm -hmm. They don't have any major issues going on. Mm -hmm. What are the things that they can do to make sure that they are they are always maintaining a good mental health? Good question. So I have an acronym um, and it's ACT, A-C-T. Uh, so the A stands for acknowledge. Number one, let's acknowledge that we have an issue. Let's acknowledge that we have mm -hmm. a problem. Um, that's the first step. I mean, even if you do AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. you know, you've got Always to acknowledge, acknowledge yeah. that there's a problem, right? Uh, so acknowledgement is one. Uh, the second one, C, is challenge. Challenge yourself to seek the help. Even if you need to um, have someone help you into finding that help, challenge yourself in doing that. Because you know, on the other side of it, you're going to be in a better position. You're gonna be in a better place. You don't want to keep going through kind of this, this revolving door and not seeing any progress. Other, otherwise, you'll be stagnant. Uh, so acknowledge, challenge, and then the third thing, T, is tackle. Mm -hmm. Tackle the issue. Tackle the issue head on, right? Um, I used to play football, yeah. you know, so I was a defensive back. You know, I was only 155 pounds. <laughs> and when I see this 250-pound uh, running back coming after me, I'm going to grab him, yeah. but it's that that's... That's as much as I can do. Yeah. I need support. Yeah, I need help. Yeah. I need individuals that are in my community to help me tackle this this crisis and these things that I'm, I'm experiencing. Um, and number one, that 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 helps you to gain your strength. And number two, that sees that you're not alone. Yeah. So in the event that this thing may reappear, you can always go to your community. You can always go to your friends and your support network and say, "Hey, I know that I'm in the right, going in the right direction." But I need you to be accountable. I need you to help me in this process. So act, acknowledge, challenge yourself, and tackle the issue with your support network. All right. I think sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's been Absolutely. a pleasure. Absolutely. It's good to, good to be here.
thank you. Thanks uh, for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this edition of the King Culture Podcast. For more information on a plan for longevity, visit us online at kingculture.org and fill out your personal health inventory. Follow us on social media at King Culture Inc. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.